Hi, everyone. I'm Megan Berg. And I'm Dr. Jeanette Benegas. And we are here to fix SLP. We are discussing the biggest challenges that are currently holding back the field of speech-language pathology. We present the issues with facts and invite you to be part of joining our movement to make things better, one conversation at a time. Let's fix SLP. All right, we're back. Hi, Megan. Hey, Jeanette. It's been um, a little bit of an unplanned hiatus, and some of you noticed. So thank you for that. Um, Sometimes we just don't have things to say, and sometimes we're busy. We live in different time zones, so we were able to squeeze this in right now. So here we are. We're going to get right to the point because we are on a limited schedule Uh, But I wanted to start by sort of recapping everything that has happened since the last time we were on, since the board meeting. Um, The first thing that we did. Where nobody responded to our letters. Oh, yes. Yes. The board meeting where there was no response or the response was something like addressed in touch communication. So we said last time that could have been like a 30 second thing or a 10 minute thing. We will never know because we are not allowed in that room. What's that? We are not allowed in that room. Yeah. Yeah. The minutes we were given, don't say. So, you know what? If Ash is not going to do it, we will do it ourselves. That's what I said when I started the Med SLP Advocate page and it's bleeding into this mission we will do it ourselves thank you very much so the first thing we did to start that process was um start a slack channel megan why don't you tell us what slack is so slack is an online website it's also an app that you can download on your phone and it's kind of like social media without all of the social media nonsense so if you make a Slack account and you join our Slack community, you'll notice that it's organized by state. So you can go in and find other people who are also located in the same community as you, and you can start connecting with each other. And this is where we can start to have conversations of like, who's involved in the state associations and who understands kind of how the systems work and how can we start to make grassroots change at the local level. And then there's also different channels you can enter into to join in the conversation just in general about the seas. So it's an online community and then you enter into different channels to have different conversations and you can also direct message people. Yeah. And Megan and I are both in there through Fix SLP. And then I'm in there individually. Megan, I don't know if you are, but I'm in there individually as well. So I can contribute to my two states because I practice in two states, Ohio and and Pennsylvania, but you know, I want to be part of the change in both of those places. So as an individual, I'm there, but then we're also in all of the channels as fixed SLP. So we can help facilitate and provide information and suggestions, or if we see something really cool happening in, I don't know, Texas, we can tell another place about it. I'm sorry. There, Megan, we're going to, there are men at my door with boxes. We got to pause for a second. I'm sorry. 
Okay, while Jeanette's doing that, I'm just going to say that to join the Slack community, you can go to fixslp.com and click on quick links. And it's super easy to make an account. You just need your email address. It's completely free. And once you log in, you're going to want to find the channel associated with your state. A lot of people have a hard time finding the channels. Um, and it seems like it's a hard thing to find if you're on that app on your phone. And so the best way to find the channels is to look on the left side menu. And there's like the little hamburger menu pop-up thing. And if you click on that, you should be able to tap view all channels. And that's a way to see all of the channels. Did you get your boxes? Um, that was a very SLP related delivery. So I'll just oh. shout it out. Thank you. Is it Braco or Braco? Braco Diagnostics who sell Verabar. Uh, they just sent some for my class. I had to sign because it's like an official like medication or something. I don't know. You can't just like go pick it up on the street. So that's why there were official men at my door. Um, so yeah, my class will get to do that this week. Not yeah. not this week because it's Asha. Half of them will be there next week. Okay. I missed everything you said because I had I to was just talking logistically how to use Slack. Okay. And I was saying, I mean, oh, I remember what I was saying. So if, if we see something cool going on in Texas and then we see like a theme in, I don't know, Oklahoma, we can communicate the information like this is what Texas is doing. Here are some ideas so we can act as, you know, inter intermediaries between the states to, to help connect people together. So that way you can just pay attention to your own state and take care of your own thing. And if there's other information you need to know, we can let everyone know. Yeah. So we did that. I there's, there's currently, oh, sorry. I'm just going to say there's currently 128 members on Slack. So we're hoping huh? that continues to grow. People are already in there talking, especially like the Illinois, Massachusetts, Michigan, Minnesota, New York, North Carolina, Ohio, Pennsylvania. There's already really great conversations happening yeah. in those channels. Yeah. And I, what I was going to comment was I did not know about Slack until Megan suggested it. So as a brand new user, it has been very easy. I had to go from the beginning. I downloaded the app, created my own account. It was very easy. Um, I think only one person has messaged us with some tech difficulties and we figured out that that was because of her account. So it seems like the at least 127 people have been able to access pretty easily. Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay. So if you'd like to join, you can head to fixslp.com and click on quick links. The other thing that I'm just going to shout this out to Megan, because she, she managed most of this was collecting information from our call to action to get Medicaid information by state. It's really important that we are putting out the correct information. So Megan compiled all of your responses in a spreadsheet with the link to the regulation. So if you'd like to double check our work, we always invite that. The more eyes, the better. Um, but we we think right now it's probably pretty accurate. Um, but it's there. It will be a living document. So as regulations change or things improve or deteriorate let us know and we we can fix that in the document so that's a great resource available at fixslp.com under quick links hmm? everything's on under quick links yes and that's a great resource 
So for those states, and it's a very small handful of states, what is it, was it 11 or 13? Do you know, Megan? Um, I did not count. I, okay. can, we can, I can say them out loud right now, though. Yeah, here you are. If 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 you hear this state, alert. <laughs> Idaho, Nevada, Minnesota, Nebraska, Kansas, New Mexico, Kentucky, West Virginia, Michigan, Washington, D.C., and North Carolina all require the C's to bill Medicaid. So if you are in one of those states, your state might not necessarily require the CCC, but if you work at a place where Medicaid billing occurs, you have to have your CCC. So this is really important, I'd say, for this group to start talking on your Slack channels about what needs to be done. More than likely, this is a lobbyist-involved thing. Megan and I don't know the ins and outs of all of that, but that's like government policy and regulation that you're starting to think about there. You look like you want to say something, Megan. I do. I just... I. This, I don't think it's always clear to people. So ASHA is not a regulatory body. ASHA has nothing to do other than trying to lobby to make their certification required so they can make more money. Like they have nothing to do with state regulations and ASHA does not dictate or control what states do. Every single state in the District of Columbia and Puerto Rico, like everybody has their own regulations and they're all state laws, basically. And that's why a lobbyist has to get involved is because these state licensing boards are regulated by laws. You have to actually change the law. So that requires potentially a lobbyist who can, who knows all the politicians in your community who can go talk to them, but you could also talk to the politicians yourselves or like maybe somebody at the state association has experience doing that or knows some of the current politicians, but like that's the thing with politics too, is like everything's always changing and turning over. So that's where a lobbyist comes in is like they often have been involved in the political system or they just know all the people and it can just happen a little faster, but they're also very expensive. So, but I just don't think that um, it's like, if you can't afford a lobbyist, there's other ways to do it. Yes. And then every SLP should be aware that like going to ASHA and trying to get it changed is not going to do anything. They and here's the thing, Ash, we did have a wonderful conversation with a former president of what I lovingly refer to as the President's Club. All of the former, current, and president-elects have a committee that they sit on. Um, you know, she she gave us a lot of education, and she did tell us that ASHA helps consult lobbying in states or, you know, changing regulations, but in my mind, if you think for one second that ASHA is going to assist a state in removing the CCC requirement from something, you are out of your mind. So this is something that the states will have to do without the help of ASHA, because ASHA is spending money trying to get people to require the CCC for everything. That's, you know, we've put documents up where they've sent let that's why Nevada requires the CCC as a result of ASHA actively campaigning for it to be required to practice in the state. So they're sending letters. They're doing all these things. I, mean, I don't we don't know that that's exactly what happened in Nevada. It could that's have true. been an SLP who, you know, took this huge initiative. And then ASHA was like, oh, good job. We will yes. support you and send a letter. But yeah, true. Yes. OK, true. 
Um, I get carried away. Um, but they're never going to reverse that process because that means they're going to make less money, become less relevant, you know, all the things. So again, this is a state issue that the state has to do and likely do it without ASHA. And that's again, where this Slack channel is going to come in right now. We have a powerhouse of a woman in Ohio fighting for increased compensation with Medicaid. It's like this, this person is on Capitol Hill by herself or with two or three other people with her. Like, and, and now it's, it's, you know, on the docket to increase. And that had nothing to do with a lobbyist or Asha. She's been doing that just on her own for years. So these conversations in the Slack channel can help you guys organize and, and figure out what is the most important and, and move in the same direction. Because for us to do a call to action across the board, like everyone send letters to employers. Well, if you're in a state where the CCC is required or you need it for Medicaid, sending a letter to your employer is kind of a waste of time. So we can't do these call to actions across the board. But if you have something you're going to actively do in your state, we can definitely talk about it on this podcast. We can definitely support you on our social media. So this is kind of how we, they're, we're, they're breakout sessions, if you will. We need these breakout sessions to get everybody organized by state. So again, fixslp.com, click quick links. You can um, get to the Slack information, join the channel for your state, start talking about this Medicaid information if you are one of those places that Megan called out. The next one is we compiled state licensing information by state. I think this was just released yesterday, Megan, is yeah. that right? Okay, so that was November 9th, 2003. We want all of your eyes on it. We want you to let us know if we made a mistake. Here's the thing though. What we're finding is that sometimes state regulations are different than what the state association says or what something else says. So make sure you're looking at the resource we've provided. And if you're finding something else that's different, you can send that on over to us. But um, just telling us, well, it's required in our state is not enough. So that that leads to some it's very important that we have correct information on our website, on our social media. And if we give out misinformation, we're, we're trying very hard to correct it. So that, that leads to this misinformation issue. Megan, why don't you talk about misinformation? Yeah. So currently right now, based on our information, Nevada and Virginia are the only states that require the CCC for an initial license. There are different rules for like reciprocity or even license renewal. So this is really only looking at like if you're a new SLP and you live in this state and you're getting your first state license, what do you need? And most of the regulations will say something like, requires the CCC or equivalent, a lot of them list out that you need to have a graduate degree or a doctoral degree in speech language pathology. You need to have passed the praxis exam and you need to have a certain amount of supervised hours on the job. 
So there was some confusion in New Jersey where the state association's website said that the C's were required for licensing. Um, But when you go to the New Jersey State Licensing Board website, the CCC is not required. And so there's been ongoing conversation about that. And I'm just trying to find where we were talking about it in Instagram. I thought it was right there. Oh, I know where it is. Okay. So to clarify the New Jersey. Thing, there have been a lot of different comments that are all kind of contradictory. <laughs> and one person says, I am in New Jersey. The state licensing board often does not update their regulations in a timely fashion, which I just laughed at because I'm like, that can't be ethical or legal. Like if the ch- if they change the law and the website is the way that SLPs access the regulation, they can't just change the law and not update it for months or years. And I um, wondered if that follower meant the state association doesn't often update in a time. No, it says the state licensing. I know. Oh, I know what she said, but I wondered if that person okay. meant, to, you know, got the two confused because it would make more sense if the state association was a little bit behind because, you know, it's people who have full-time jobs and they're turning over regularly. And so when I read it, I wondered, I wonder if this person is confused. And then another person said, I heard directly from Renee Clark today. I don't know who Renee Clark is, but they all seem to know who she is. And she said the state advisory board committee does not require us to have the CCC to obtain or maintain our license. It's employers who often require the CCC like mine does. And then another person says the content is currently under review with the New Jersey Division of Consumer Affairs and ASHA for some reason <laughs> to ensure accuracy. So that was the um, the current president of the New Jersey State Association saying that. So I think this just like highlights how hard it is to track down the correct information, which is so unfair to SLPs. Another example I'll bring up is Delaware. So there's there's chapter 37 and then there's chapter 24 of the state code of regulations and in in oh wait so these are both chapter 37 okay so i'm looking at the same chapter but there's a subsection 3708 that says for licensure as an SLP, they have to have current certification of clinical competence issued by the American Speech Language Hearing Association. But then if you go to section 3700, it does not require the CCC. So then it's like, okay, you have one state with two different regulations saying two different things. which is also confusing. And so it's like, which one is correct and which one is our SLPs bound to? And the fact that like, there's so much of this kind of miscommunication and nobody really knows what's going on. And then like the CCC can swoop in and be like, all you need is us because we ensure competency across the full scope of SLP for the lifetime, as long as people pay. 
$225 a year. So it's just easier. Like everything's easier with the CCC as far as regulations. So they'll just default to requiring that. And that's why it's so important for SLPs to be looking at these regulations specifically and asking really pointed and informed questions. Like in the case of Delaware, like why are there two different conflicting laws basically about the requirements to become an SLP? I'm going to, I have two things to say. First, Delaware folks, get on your Slack channel, start figuring out how to get this fixed, maybe in the favor of making the CCC optional, since that's one of our goals. And then um, I did look up Renee Clark is the executive director of the Audiology and Speech-Language Pathology Advisory Committee out of the New Jersey Department of Law and Public Safety. That is a state regulatory agency. She has a dca.nj.gov, whatever, email. So she looks pretty... She would be the one to... Yeah. And I found... Yeah. So it looks like she would know, we would hope, if she is the... uh, She's listed under audiology and speech language pathology licensing. It but seems again, like, like Renee should know, but again, we don't know. Right. And why does the state association feel like they have to go to ASHA? To oh, yeah. But I don't understand. And that's where I like, I think it's yeah. so ingrained in us as SLPs that ASHA is a regulatory body that they're deciding all of these things and they have this power over the states. They do not have power over states. The only reason that they have so much power is because they've lobbied to make their optional certification <laughs> required for Medicare, Medicaid and state licensing and some other things that we're going to talk about later. But it's just like, and at, I did. at the end of the day, they're selling a product and we have allowed them to get away with unethically weaving it into all these regulations. Yeah. And I did pull this, I full disclosure, the first place I could find Renee's name was on the ASHA website, but this is, it's listed under New Jersey state contact information and every single email on this page. And there are a bunch for a bunch of different reasons and topics you would need to contact your state. They are all .gov email addresses out of New Jersey. None of them are ASHA email addresses. So with that just tells you with these licensing issues, they are directing you to their state because as Megan said, they don't regulate, right? So you contact ASHA about this question, they are going to send you to Renee because that's who they list as the point of contact. Yeah. And then they're going to send a letter to Renee (laughs) saying, we recommend that you require the CCC for your licensing requirements because. Allegedly, allegedly they'll send that letter. Allegedly, yes. So, I mean, this is what's so frustrating and even tracking down the Medicaid information, like it took hours and hours, like sometimes you would have to like try all these crazy Google terms just to get to a web page that would show you like any kind of information around the requirements needed to bill Medicaid as an SLP. And like what, what bothers me is like, we all as SLPs know exactly what's required to get the CCC. And we're all like obsessed with 
like the CEU requirements, paying the 225 every year, all the CF requirements to get there. Like we're all very in tune with those requirements. And yet if you were to ask any one of us individually, like before we published this information, like what do you need to bill Medicaid? What do you need to be licensed in your state? A lot of us wouldn't be able to answer that question. And that is terrifying to, to me. It's like, why are we trusting a national association who at the end of the day is selling an optional certification that we don't need to do our jobs. And yet we're not being informed and we're not taking in, into our own hands to like learn and understand the legal regulations that we are a hundred percent obligated <laughs> to abide by. And so I think we need yeah. to stop caring so much about what Asha thinks and caring a lot more about our state regulations, what they look like, what they sound like, what they're requiring, and know that we have a lot of power to transform those because we can join state licensing boards, we can go to meetings, we can lobby, we can have conversations as state associations about what those all look like. And at the end of the day, it's just a few people making these decisions about what these regulations look like. And if you've spent enough time, like I have reading all these things, you realize like just what a shit show it is. And like, yeah, what a disaster. Like none of this has been thought through. None of this was like laid out on the table and like there was no plan. It was just sort of like, oh shit, like we got to come up with this regulation we have to pass this legislation by this month or whatever and it was just like whatever they could copy from another state or or just take the seeds as a requirement as an easy way out like nothing is intentional about it and you can definitely tell the slps were not really in the room when it happened and so now like we need to be in the room and we need to clean this up and we need to make it better for future generations of slps and my hope is that future slps are just like they may or may not be aware of what's required by ASHA, but they are a hundred percent aware of what their state licensing board requires, what the interstate compact requires, what Medicaid requires. And that's what we're all paying attention to and putting our energy towards. And even one thing you didn't mention, and this has to go with state licensing, of course, but as new grads, what the, the professional experience in your state requires. So just today, Back in May, I agreed to take on someone pursuing their state license in Ohio and provide mentorship for that professional. It's called the um, Supervision of Professional Experience in Ohio. It's not called a CF. Most states have a different name for it. But as I was sending the fee schedule, I took I borrowed the fee schedule from a colleague who is in a different state. And thank goodness I checked it because... In Ohio, the contact hours, like the number of times that you have to be face to face with your mentee is more than that of ASHA. You know, the ASHA requires less. And I, I combed the website multiple times and I could be wrong. So if you're hearing this and you're in Ohio, let me know. But it does not appear that any offsite supervision is allowed. And I think ASHA does allow for that a little bit. So, yeah. you know, looking at just ASHA to guide you in these decisions, if you're pursuing a state license and you get to the end in Ohio, you're you're going to be in trouble because you might not have met those requirements and then you're going to have to extend. And also, this is an older situation 
Um, but I always speak from my own experience. When I graduated from grad school myself, the praxis was scored differently. And you've heard me talk about I'm right on the state line. So I took the praxis and I passed it for one state and I failed it by five points for another state. And I actually thought through, well, maybe I'll just like practice in just the one state and just get licensed in that state and not take it again and worry about the other state. But I, I think the ASHA requirement was the higher score. So had I not been paying attention, I wouldn't have had the praxis score to get my CCC. So all of these things, you know, make sure if you if you choose to get the CCC, you should know all of that, but definitely be checking in your own state too, because the regulations are different everywhere. A lot of them do reflect that of ASHA, but it again, we've said this over and over, in some states they're more rigorous. Mm-hmm. The standard yeah. is higher. The other, the other thing I noticed and you noticed this, Jeanette, about California, or no, you saw it at Illinois, and I saw it in California. And I would love to know, like, if anybody's listening, and you know why this is happening, but in both Illinois and California, they have written into their state regulations that until 2027 or 2028, they will accept the C's. And then the the assumption is that after that date, they will not accept the C's as an alternative to, you know, submitting your transcript and your um, praxis score and your supervised hours. So I'm just wondering if some of these states are getting ahead of the game with the interstate compact and they're realizing that the interstate compact isn't requiring the C's. And so they need to be more intentional about what their requirements are and maybe they're Getting, I mean, I don't know. I'm making that all up, but I would love to know if anybody's in Illinois or California and understands why yes. that's happening. I just think it's really interesting that like they're already phasing out the C's in those two states in their regulations. It was also my assumption as well, because I don't think the interstate compact is going to start rolling out until 2024. And... It's rolling out in the order that the states opted in. So if you, I don't know I how many states are in right now, but let's just say 20. I know it's way more than that, but it's going to start rolling out in state one. So by the time it rolls out to state 20, that could be a year or two. We don't know the schedule. They haven't published that, but it could take time. So that's why I thought too, like they might know, oh, we were the 19th state to opt in. So by our estimates, it'll be two years before we have it fully in place. And so that was my guess, but I like to go overboard and create scenarios in my head that aren't true. So <laughs> I mean, I have no idea, but I also think too, that this is such a prime time to be changing these regulations because they're yes. going to be touched anyway. Like everybody's going to be looking at them right now anyway, as they pass the interstate compact and they're going to be spending money on lobbyists to get that legislation enacted and and so why not like get yourself at that table have a little seat and start using the language that we've been coming up with that fix SLP and that's the other thing too is like as you're inside of slack and having these conversations and you know taking the initiative if you're finding like I just you don't have the resources or the language please reach out to us and we will help you with that Yes, this definitely isn't us passing the buck. It's just everybody is on different communities or perhaps, you know, some people aren't on social media at all. And so it's a place that is social media like where you can connect, 
not have to share your personal information, not have to be on an email list, not have to you know, do extra things. It's just a place where everyone can connect. So again, we can help you start having these conversations, but we will still be involved in, in whatever way you would like us to be, or we can just step aside and go for it. But again, however we can be used is what our intention is. Yeah. And you can also disagree with us. You can also use your time and your effort and your energy to go and do the things that you think are right for your state. Like I, I would just love to see SLPs just more involved. And, and I'm not saying like volunteer for ASHA or even volunteer for your state association, but just be involved and like understand how things work in your state and start to get to know people and start to have conversations and that's my only hope. And like, if you agree with us, awesome. But if you also have a different way that you want to approach things, that's great too. I just think more SLPs who are in the trenches every day need to be having a voice and this is the way to do it. Yeah. I mean, we definitely wouldn't like this, but if all of you in Indiana want to require the CCC for practice, and that's what you decide to discuss in your Slack channel, we would have to allow that to happen. We won't shut you down. Oh, Megan, Megan went away. So I'm here by myself now. Uh, She must have lost a signal. So I'm just going to keep going without her. Um, Oh, Megan, we lost you. Did you hear what I said about states requiring the CCC? No. I told them if, if they want to use Slack, like, My example was if everyone in Indiana would like to require the CCC for practice in their state, we are not going to shut them down. We're not going to censor that. Go for it. We we might not like it, but we're not here to tell you what to do is what I told them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what we're just asking out of all of this conversation is to just wrap it up at this point is if you think that we are wrong and we absolutely know we could be. We want you to send us the link and send us the fact. Don't just comment on our social media. It's required in our state. Don't just say, I had to X, Y, Z. We need you to send us the source because the misinformation is something that we don't want to spread on our social media accounts. And it's really important that we're keeping that at bay. We don't delete things. So if we see you doing that, we're not going to delete it, but we are going to invite you underneath to either post the link or send it to us. So we can check it and make sure that we have it right. And that's that's what we did. If you're on social media, you can see that we did that with the New Jersey issue and now they're looking into it. So that's great. That's, that's a positive movement. It might be a baby step, but that is a win for the fix SLP movement, right? We saw this discrepancy or we put the information out there you all saw the discrepancy. You let us know. And now action is being taken to make sure that gets cleaned up. Your um, your state association president commented on that, that post today and they're looking into it. So that's fantastic, you guys. This is fearless fix or win, right? Like this is what we're here for. And that's also how we learned that Alaska requires the CCC on the application, but they don't require the CCC in the regulation. And so- That's probably a very easy fix for Alaska to go to the state licensing board and be like, listen, your application doesn't align with the regulation and you need to remove the requirement for the CCC in the application. And that's a lot easier than changing a a law. So 
I agree. Like anytime you feel like something's off, it's worth saying something, but we all need to be doing the work to finding the, to find the sources. Yeah. And this is out of order, but since we're sort of on this topic, it fits here. Well, another thing that has come up as we have talked about the requirement for the CCC and Medicare and Medicaid billing is someone pointed out to us that Toby Dynavox in their funding literature says that you must be an ASHA certified speech language pathologist. It doesn't say CCC, but it says you have to be ASHA certified. And so we looked into it. Um, I, I confirmed, I took screenshots and I directly started talking to Toby Dynavox and now they're looking into it. You know, they asked me to send the link to where we saw that. I, I sent the link. I sent screenshots. I sent them our all of our regulations so they could see that medic. The, I think they were. I think they were saying it was because of Medicaid and Medicare. So I corrected them on the med, Medicare information and I sent them all of our links to Medicaid. So it still will be required in that small handful of states, but that shouldn't mean that the rest of us have to have the CCC if we're in a state that doesn't require it. So we've sent over everything to them and they're looking at it. And so that's another win. It's not something that Megan and I found, but it's something that you guys found that you brought to our attention that um, is really important because AAC devices are important. And if we're, some of us are letting our C's go and we're in a state where we could still help people with that need, we should have the ability to do it. So advocacy at every level here is important. Another thing we just got notified of today was the issue of the ASHA noms. So I'm going to read the post that was sent to us. I think it was a post. I, it might've been a private message actually. I think it was. So this person said, I was in the process over the last two evenings of drafting a letter to my employer requesting removal of the CCC from the job requirements. I felt confident about the letter and seemed sure that someone would at least read and listen to my argument. Then I was told today that despite initially being told that ASHA NOMS reporting on documentation would be optional, my company's net health admins signed an agreement with ASHA recently that made NOMS reporting required to be completed on all evaluations. I dug on their website and ASHA does state that it is a voluntary program, so not sure why we are being forced into this now. Additionally, I found that you have to be an ASHA CCC SLP to report the NOMS outcomes. I get it now. If they require you to be ASHA certified to complete the NOMS, and then they get your employer to require the NOMS in their EMR systems, then SLPs can't revolt and drop their CCCs because they need them to do a required part of their job now. Oh man, they are getting good at and very crafty with their ways. I'm on to you, ASHA. So she asked, so now what when your hands are tied? The only way out of this is to have the company's net health break the agreement with ASHA on the NOMS requirement, which seems like a problem that seemed to grow exponentially in one afternoon. And I see so many ethical issues with this. First and foremost, why is a net health administrator deciding how we are going to evaluate our patients? 
Yeah. Yeah. I'm just reading about the noms on the ASHA website and it's like, and this just came in, you guys, we, Megan and I have been doing our other jobs and running around all day. And we have not let, like you just heard Megan say, she's reading about the noms now. Um, we haven't had one moment to dig into this, but I just wanted to point this out as a, you know, something we can talk about online, certainly, but another issue that was brought to our attention that we are now certainly going to look into. And if it's, if it's something that we can suggest a change to, then we will. But, you know, these are contractual agreements, likely if the employer is upfront about you need the CCC to work here. Legally, there's probably not a lot that can be done. But ethically, it is a huge problem. It's it's just like requiring the BIMS. If you're in a nursing home, it's it's something that a nursing home will do to test cognition that isn't very accurate at times, I feel. But you know, the BIMS, let them do it, but that shouldn't be required as our cognitive evaluation. Um, so it, to me, the biggest issue is this requirement that we have to use it when it may not be the best option for the people we're serving. Yeah. And I know we have to wrap up, but it, it does get to this idea that I, I truly think ASHA believes that requiring this use is beneficiary like they're they're doing a wonderful positive thing by regulating the industry because if they didn't require the C's to do the noms or whatever they require it for it like then there's no guarantee of competency there's no universal standard that SLPs have to meet but again this gets at the the whole conversation of like why isn't it just a one-time milestone that you pay for one time because that's all it's representing. It's only representing that you got a degree, you passed the praxis and you did a certain number of hours of supervised work. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm sorry, but 10 hours of professional development development per year means nothing as far as competency across the entire scope of SLP. So if somebody who has never set foot into a medical world is like ready to use the noms just because they have their CCC, that is such bullshit and like this is not protecting consumers this is not helping slps this is not ensuring any kind of universal standard at all mm-hmm. um, so yeah yeah and megan said we have to wrap up i realized my son needs picked up from school in four minutes so um the very last thing he can wait there for an extra two minutes it's three minutes down the road is that we are today right now as you're listening, releasing a new call to action. Our new call to action is that we need to believe that everyone, all SLPs have the power to make change. We cannot wait on someone else to fix it. Megan and I can help you organize. We can give you the ideas. We can help you with resources, but we cannot change everything alone. And so number one, we need to believe that we have the power because apathy is not going to get us anywhere and we need to take action. So this call to action is believe it and join the Slack community and get your friends and colleagues to join the Slack community as well. Right now we are at, or when we were preparing, we were at 128 people. I would like to see 1,000 people on Slack by the time I wake up on Monday morning. So today's the, t- the 10th because I'm not staying up till I've stayed up to, till midnight before to I'm watch. I'm not sure this is a smart goal, but 
I don't know, but we should be here. Monday the 13th, by the time I'm awake, I want a thousand of you on there. So we'll be um, preparing a tile that you can share on social media in your state association groups or state groups, or even any of the groups that you're on, on social media. We need you guys and girls to spread this far and wide. We need people on Slack because this is the next step for us to start making changes. We love you on our social media. It's great. We love getting the messages and the emails and the conversations, but everybody in the States needs to start organizing. And the state associations really should be a part of this too. So it's, we're continuing to talk to them. We're continuing to plan these podcast episodes with them. Um, but they should not be excluded. This is not an exclude your state association. They're going to have to be involved on some level for some of these issues. So please spread the word. Anything else, Megan? Nope. All right, guys, I've got to go get my son. Thanks for fixing it. Thanks. Bye. Bye, everybody. (laughs) 